this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 29 of the So Free Art Podcast which is a little podcast I do each week about art and things and this one's going to be about something I've been thinking about this week which is focusing on one thing and also like saying no to things you want to be doing but before we jump into that um, I wanted to... shout out i wanted to say thank you to boyd dodd who's been leaving some really nice messages and really like um, thought-provoking comments on my youtube channel because i've been putting the podcast up onto youtube now which you can find at youtube.com slash sophie dawson and i just really want to say thank you for your nice messages and also i'm really happy that you've started drawing again so I just want to say thank you so much and good luck with the drawing. We also have the little art tip this week which is to keep your old drawings and I've also got another lucid dreaming experience to talk about which happened last night and it is it's probably one of the most exciting lucid dream experiences I've had and it only lasted a few maybe a minute but it was really powerful and so I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. I've also been updating the website a little bit and that's the main thing I've been doing this week because what I've been doing is trying to get all of the sections to be consistent So, and I've also been like making the front pages a bit um, sexier <laughs> and the hope is that when Inktober comes out next month which I'm going to be taking part in for the first time so I'm hoping to get the website updated in time for Inktober next month. But doing the website is actually what led me to this week's topic. Because doing the website, I've I started with the... The website is split into three sections, which is art, which covers my drawings, recommended art tools, and the blog post, the podcast, and... Then I also have this inspirational section, which is a bunch of my inspirational artists, artwork and various models who I feel inspired to draw. And then I have the final section, which is transitioning, which covers my transgender journey uh, via a diary. Then I also have photos where I go out with like nature taking photos and... Well, there was also the podcast, the Being So Free podcast. But as I I started um, working on the website to get everything consistent, I started to realise that I can't do everything. Um, Well, I can do everything, but if I really want to do something really well, I might have to say no to some of these other things. So what I've been thinking is, and it's something I've been aware of for quite a while now is that I really want to and I think I need to focus on my art but in order to do that I'd have to almost say no to the transitioning section and put all of my energy into um, the art section so I've been aware of this for a number of years but I, I haven't wanted to accept it because part of me wants to I enjoy writing my diary entries I enjoy taking photos and 
like putting them onto the website. Um, and I've got so much I want to share about my transgender journey and transitioning, but also like lucid dreaming and all these spiritual things that are helping me. I really want to share them in, on the website, but all of this takes time and like sometimes I'll go in try to focus on my art but something in the back of my head is saying you've got this diary entry to write out um, or you've got these photos you want to edit so it's almost like distracting me even though I'm not doing it sometimes it, it's still there distracting me and I, th I feel like if I say I'm going to for a number of years I'm just going to focus on my art and almost leave the transitioning sec section alone um, maybe just like throw the odd thing there here and here and there but if I do that I feel like it's almost like that thing of minimalism that I did a few months ago by getting rid of everything in my room it just getting rid of all the clutter it, it allowed me to focus a lot more and that has really worked very well and my room is much more simpler now and maybe that is what's triggered this on the website because um it's a similar thing. I, I feel like if I almost minimalise the website and focus on the art, it, it would just allow more focus. So the thing is, I, I feel like in a strange way, even though I would be saying no to the transitioning section, in a strange way I would still be covering the transitioning stuff because my, little, my character Lil Sophie is going to be using reference images of my photos. So I can sort of talk about um, taking the photos and how that feels inside of the Lil Sophie when I write up about the, the, the painting. And also, she is a transgender character as well, so she, ha she can tell all the stories. So in a weird way, it might even be that I focus on the art section, but I can bring everything into the art section. So instead of... Instead of, it's almost like instead of having these three separate sections, I could just make it one section, and and just bring it all together, and almost like maybe even start doing blog posts about spiritual things because it is all linked to art. Everything is all linked together, but I still like it being separate because it's nice. I just I like the way it's it is at the moment with the three coloured coded sections, and something else that triggered this. I think when when it really started, when I started thinking about this, was when I said on the podcast uh, a few months ago, I said about um, doing a transgender-only podcast with the Being So Free podcast. And I have so much stuff that I want to talk about on that podcast, but again, if I do that podcast, that's going to be taking time away from my art. And the thing is, I want to get Lil Sophie as good as I can. And I know at the moment I know that my digital painting skills are not really um, where I want them to be. And I also know how long it's going to take. It's going to take a lot of time, like years, to really get my digital skills to the point I want them to be at. So like, if I'm doing all these other things like a transgender podcast, editing photos, writing diary entries... If I'm doing all of that stuff, that is time that I could be spending learning how to do digital painting. And the thing that the thing I love doing is when I'm learning, I like writing about what I'm learning because I've always found that 
doing that allows me to learn it better. So like if I'm, and I haven't been learning, the truth is I haven't been learning for a long time. I think, well I did, I did um, traditional painting at the start of the year, which was learning. I did digital painting at the end of last year, which was like learning how to do that. But I, I want to get a new weekly practice of learning. Uh, and while I'm learning, I could be writing up blog posts in the art section and making YouTube videos about what I'm learning and talking about it on the podcast. So not only would I be learning, but I would also be sharing and hopefully like we could all learn together. And I, I, I feel like that's I feel like that's what I want to be doing. But there's part of me that's resisting because I feel like I would be letting go of the transitioning part. But I know that I'm not because I can I have a way to bring that in to my art. And I always knew that one day it would all come together. And I feel like this might be the start of it. Um, because like one of the, the there's one affirmation on the website at the moment which is a Lil Sophie affirmation and my goal is to I, I really want to get to a point when I can do one of these every week so be putting out a new Lil Sophie digital painting each week that's the goal and like I said before inside of that digital painting I could talk about some of my transgender experiences spiritual things um, and all that stuff and also maybe even put the um, reference photo of me posing that Lil Sophie is based off which I think would be quite interesting to see how Lil Sophie um, how she compares to my like original photo <laughs> so in a weird way I could bring it all together but there's part of me that's scared to do it because, like I say, I, I want to be writing these diary entries. And, and I feel like if I'm not writing it now, I I just feel like I might forget about it. Because it is true that if you're not... as it, When you're in the moment of something, um, when you're writing about it, it's a lot different. And it's more um, emotional than if you, say, write about something a few years later. So I have... I have all these diary entries on my, um, in like a text file, which I want to convert into diary entries on the website. But again, this all takes time, like editing them all together. It all takes time. But what I'm thinking is I could, I could still carry on writing all these diary entries so that I'm still capturing my like pure emotions of things. So like when I went to work for the first time in, as Sophie, I've got, things I've wrote about for that and so if I just keep writing about all these experiences maybe even in the future in 10 years time or something I might have more time then to be able to write up these diary entries and I always believe that nothing ever gets wasted so I feel like because like writing up the diary entry I can I can get my thoughts out into a text file in an hour but the pro the act of editing that into a diary entry on the website that's like three or four hours. I'm just feeling, thinking like, I. basically, I think you might be able to feel the conflict is that I'm, I'm trying to work out how to carry on. I think what I want to do is I want to focus on my art, tell transitioning stories and stuff inside of my art, carry on writing. And I was also thinking even about recording these transgender podcasts 
as audio files and keeping them on my computer but not actually editing them because again like actually I think somebody's at the door I'm just gonna go and check that There wasn't anyone at the door. Hmm. There's somebody at the door. So the thing with the podcasts are that it's the same as these diary entries in that the the act of recording the podcast it can only take it takes maybe twenty minutes to an hour to record the episode, but it takes multiple hours to edit it and put the show notes and featured images and stuff together. So do I really want to be spending? my time doing that when that could be spent learning digital painting but like I said before I want to be able to, I want to get the pure emotions out whilst they are still like pure because if I was to record a podcast in say two years time trying to talk about what it's like to go to work as transgender for the first time the further away that you get from that the harder it's going to be to remember what it actually felt like so this is why I want to this is why I want to record the podcasts now so that I, I can talk like with the pure emotion but I don't want to do the editing part of it because it, it takes too much time so that's where the conflict is and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to record the podcasts and write carry on writing the diary entries but not put any of this out and instead focus everything on art and there's Sean McCabe who runs the Sean West podcast um, and I'll link to this in the show notes at sophielawson.com but he has always said for a number of years now he's always said that you have to you have to basically focus on one thing and he's always used this analogy of bonfires and he says if you've got multiple passions and you're trying to do them all at once it's like trying to start a bunch of bonfires and what will happen is you won't be able to get any of them started whereas he says if you focus on one passion and get that bonfire like really if you focus on it you'll get that bonfire so strong that you'll you'll be able to leave it for a bit in the future and go to one of your other passions and start that bonfire up and the other one will keep going and you'll you'll be able to use the fire from the first bonfire to start your other passions and so he says he's always said even though it feels like you're going backwards and maybe taking a step backwards you're actually going to in the long run benefit from it because you'll be able to you'll end up being able to do all the things you want to do in the end instead of trying to do everything at the start and not being able to do anything um and there's the two bits of proof that i've got that this is that this actually is true even though part of me doesn't want to believe it part of me wants to believe that i can do 
keep the art section and the transitioning sec section going together, but there is proof that he is right, because, as I've said before, in 2013 to 2014, I focused only on my art, and that's when I saw the most growth in my art, and then in 2015 I actually made a decision to focus on my transition instead of my art, and my art really suffered, but I made a lot more progress with my transition, so that now in 2018 I'm basically full-time as Sophie, and I, I feel like if I had carried on focusing on my art as much as I had in 2014, during the last few years, I know I wouldn't have been able to have transitioned yet, um, and it almost feels like by by focusing on my transition, I've got to a place now where I can go back to my art. So that's basically two examples that I have that Sean McCabe is right, that when you focus on one thing, and it's also true what he says, that just because you're focusing on one thing and saying no to this other thing, it doesn't mean you're saying no forever. Because like I said, the art is now coming back. But it is really, I find it quite, I find it a little bit scary and I don't really know why. Um, but it does feel like by by focusing on my art, it does feel like I would be saying no forever to this transitioning bit. But I know I'm not even, but there is something inside of me that thinks I am. <laughs> so it's very, it's very confusing. Um, and it is just a really big conflict. But I think what I'm what I'm really learning now is that in order to get good at something or in order to achieve something, you have to focus on it. And it means saying no to things that you want to be doing. But then this goes back to balance. I've always believed it's all about balance. And you can say no to things and still do them. It's just you're not doing them the way you were doing them before. So like... I focus on my art, but I get the balance of, say, taking photos once a month, maybe maybe typing up a diary entry like once every so often, so that I'm still doing it, but I'm not, I haven't got the feeling guilty that I'm not updating the diary and stuff like that. So that's where I'm at really, and I think the conflict is the feeling that by saying no to it, you're saying no forever. Um, but that isn't true, and I, I know in my heart that isn't true, but my head keep, my head is trying to, <laughs> my head is trying to, um, my head is lying to me and trying to make me believe I can't say no. This is really hard, it's really hard, but um, I think what I really want to be doing is focusing on Lil Sophie. There's something inside of me that is just saying I have to focus on Lil Sophie. And so that's that's what I'm like struggling with at the minute is trying to allow myself to say yes, it's okay to focus on your art. And I can't wait. I can't wait to start learning again because I love learning and I haven't been doing enough of it lately. Like I mean learning from books where you it's so rewarding to feel and see yourself getting better at something. And I guess I have been learning over the last year or so because I've I've been more mentally learning and like trying to improve my mindset. 
So I, I guess I have still been learning, but there's something about opening up an art book and like studying from an art book and seeing your drawings or your paintings or whatever. There's something really nice about seeing yourself improving and having a collection of like art and seeing yourself improving there's there's just something really nice about that and I feel like there's so much that can be shared in YouTube videos and stuff um, and, and that again is fun it's fun to share the things you're learning as well because other people will like help you as well so everyone will start helping each other um, there's just so much to this it's a really complicated topic this one but like I say I think if you can find a way to bring all of your passions into one channel which for me is my art I think if you can find a way to bring all of that into one thing I think that's the secret um, and I feel like anyone I feel like anyone can do that say say your two passions were creating music and and let's just say it was also producing drawings I'm sure there's a way you could produce art and also get your music into it for instance you could make YouTube videos like showing your art with some music that you've created in the background so instead of focusing on your music it just becomes part of this other thing that you're focusing on um, and by doing that it allows you to keep practicing the music but you don't have to do it you, you can keep practicing the music without having to f really fully focus on it um, and that will also allow for the balance so that because if you focus what I've noticed in the past is sometimes if I fully focus on art I can get so obsessed over it that I forget to do other things and and that's when I would start um, creating like burnout and stuff um, so you have to have what well, I've realized that I have to have balance and I feel like that's the way to get balance is to make sure you're still doing these other passions but maybe you're not sharing them or you're not fully focused on them you're, you're focused on your art your main passion but you're still doing these other things because you do need them for balance so maybe the moral of this story is it doesn't matter what you do whatever you're doing will be what you are <laughs> because because what you are is everything that you are. Does that make sense? All of your passion, everything that you've ever done creates what you are moving forward. And so because I've spent so much time transitioning and stuff, there's no way now that that can't be part of my art. So in a weird way, even though I feel like I'm saying no to the transitioning stuff, I'm not because it's always going to be there that's quite a nice way to look at it I think because in that way I'm not saying no all I'm doing really is saying yes to the art and the transitioning stuff will come along with it so that's this week's topic I hope there's something in there that makes sense and this is another one of those like therapy sessions I think where I've just tried to empty my head to get the thoughts out because sometimes that's what what I've noticed you need to do is just get your thoughts out either on paper by writing them out or like talking and once you get your thoughts out somehow it allows you to process them a lot better and and sometimes that's all you need to do is just get the thoughts out 
instead of them spinning around in your head. So that's this week's topic. I'm sure I'll return to it in a future episode, but there's more to come in this episode. It's not finished yet. (coughs) That means it's time for this week's little art tip. And the tip this week is to keep your old drawings. I've heard a lot of people say that to throw away your old drawings and at life drawing class there was this lady who she was drawing next to me and the week later I spoke to her about her drawing and she actually told me that she threw it away (laughs) and it, it made me start giggling because the way she said it was quite funny as if she it was like with me I'm quite um I like to keep my art I sort of think everything you're doing is quite important but with her she, she it was almost like she was doing this drawing and she just didn't care about she didn't care about I kind of liked her carefree attitude of just throwing the art away as if it was totally unimportant um but I feel like it's really I feel like it's a really good thing to keep all of your old drawings and the reason for that is um the reason for that is there's two things one it can make you see how your mind lies but also it can really inspire you so it can inspire you because you might do that drawing and at the time you might think it's really good or you might think it's okay and then you you might look at that drawing again in a, a year's time and you'll really see how much progress you've made and it will inspire you to keep going because you'll start thinking well, if I've made that much imp- improvement since, like, in a year, you start getting excited about how much how much could I improve in another year. So that's one way it really inspires you. And the way it highlights that your mind lies to you is it can work the other way. So sometimes you might do a drawing and your mind is saying, this is rubbish, this is rubbish. Um, and it, But if you keep that drawing... Say in a couple of months time, you might go back and look at that drawing and think to yourself, actually, it's it's not that bad. And it's then that you realise that your mind is lying to you. And what I've noticed is, it's especially true with gesture drawings for me. Um, Sometimes I'll be doing like a, a session of gesture drawings and my mind will start throwing these negative thoughts of, like, as I'm doing them, it will say, that line's rubbish you're not doing very good here and it would it will keep going and I've learned to just ignore it and allow it to bounce around in my head because in the end it does I've noticed it does go away in the end but at the end of my gesture drawing sessions I always look back at all my gestures and most of the time when I look back at the end of those sessions where my mind has been saying that these gestures are rubbish most of the time it's actually lied and some of them have been quite good so like that's a very that's a quick way to see that your mind is lying and the good thing about that is because it shows you that the mind is lying you can start using that in everyday life so if you're doing something like say you're talking to somebody and your mind starts saying negative things like that person's looking at you funny or that person doesn't like you if your mind starts saying stuff like that, which mind mine does, <laughs> I can start saying, you know what, you, you lied to me in this gesture drawings. 
I think you're lying to me now. And so even though the thoughts are still there, like you can sort of um, let them be and you can just carry on talking to the person and, and they, they're, they're never going to know that you've got this negative thought in your head. And I guess if no one sees, no one knows. <laughs> but um, that's another Sean McCabe quote. But so this is one of the that's the, one of the things that I really like about keeping your old drawings is it can inspire you and it can also show that your mind lies to you. So I just find keeping your old drawings to be really helpful and it is really fun to go back looking over your old stuff. And also another thing is um, what I've noticed is you know like when you're flicking through a photo gallery, you know like when you've got a photo album of like your childhood or something and you're flicking through it and it brings back all these memories. Well, a similar thing happens with my sketchbooks. So if I go back and look at my 2014 sketchbooks and stuff, as I'm flicking through them, I've like I have all these memories associated with the sketches where I'll look at the sketch and I'll remember where I was sitting I remember the music I was listening to and it, it's kind of, um, it's got like a, a nostalgia feel to it and that's another thing that's quite fun. So <laughs> that's this week's little art tip, it is to keep your old drawings because they inspire you and help you improve your mindset. And that's this week's little art tip. I was going to talk about... Um, a lucid dream I had last night. So I started a new job uh, two weeks ago, which is what um, disrupted my sleep schedule, which I talked about on last week's podcast. I'm slowly starting to get my sleep back. Um, but since I'd started that job, I my dreams had been affected by this like sleep, by my lack of sleep. Um, but this week I started to get the sleep schedule back. And I was lucky enough to have a lucid dream last night. But this is a really weird lucid dream. So the new job that I've gone to, they are that's the first job where they only know me as Sophie. Because in my other jobs, I was always known as Kevin until I transitioned. So um, with this job, they only know... They only know me now as Sophie, which is a completely different experience. And it's quite nice because it's just nice when people come into the office and say, are you right, girls? And stuff like that. It, it's just little things like that. They really, it's like that quote, the little things in life. It's the little things that make life big. Just a little comment like that is really nice. So, um, but this plays into the lucid dream because I was having a dream last night and there was two people from this new job who were cleaning, because I'm a cleaner, and they were cleaning in this doorway. And they said to me, in the dream, they said, Kevin. And in the dream, I started thinking, I'm not Kevin, I'm Sophie. But I didn't say nothing. And then the other girl said, she called me Kevin as well. And and then I, I said, I said out loud, well, I, I first, in the dream, I thought... I'm not Kevin, and I thought, how can they know I'm Kevin? Because they never knew. They they don't know that I'm that I used to be called Kevin. So I said out loud, I'm not Kevin. I'm Sophie. 
And then I said, in the dream, I said, hang on a minute, why are you calling me Kevin? There's no way you could know that I used to be called Kevin, so I must be dreaming. At which point I got really excited and I actually hugged um, this the lady in the dream and I just said, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming, thank you. Because but then this is where it gets really weird. The minute I became lucid, they basically ripped, it's almost as if they ripped their clothes off, their cleaning clothes, and they turned into like these agents. <laughs> it is almost as if they they were set up in that dream for the sole purpose of making me lucid. And it's like the minute I realised that there was no way they could call me Kevin, so I must be dreaming, it's almost as if they thought, we've achieved what we need to do here, let's get down to business. Because the minute I said, I must be dreaming, I hugged I hugged them and then she held my hand and they both walked me over to the sofa and said, come on, basically, come on, there's no time to waste. As if they knew that I was going to pop out of the lucid dream and they needed to tell me something. So what they did was, um, we sat down on this sofa. Oh, the first thing is she said, come on Kevin, this way. And I first thought, I'm not Kevin, I'm Sophie. But then I also thought, the name doesn't matter. I'm inside of a lucid dream. You can call me whatever you want. I'm just so happy to be be lucid. And, and again, I feel like that was another test. That they were almost... Because if I, I feel like if I had said to them, I'm not Kevin, I'm Sophie. That would have, they would have looked at that and thought, you don't realise the importance of being lucid in a dream. Why are you focusing on a name when it doesn't matter? Because this isn't real. You should be focusing on talking to us because you're now lucid and you can get information. So we sat down on this sofa and she started talking about a previous dream I had had, which was with my mum. And inside of that dream, my mum was... Well, what had happened was there was this big bag of pasta on the floor and um, it had tip, tipped over onto the floor. And my mum accused me of splitting the bag when I knew that I hadn't. She had put the bag down with a split in it. Um, I know it sounds a bit weird, but again, I, I've interpreted that as going back to this strangling thing from my childhood where... I was made to feel guilty for being strangled. So I feel like that was almost the dream saying, you didn't do anything wrong, um, but your mum is accusing you of, mum, your mum is making you feel guilty. And I feel like that might be linked to my limiting beliefs of a lack, a lack of self-worth and stuff, which is what I'm trying to deal with. But the the dream character who, who was now talking about this previous dream, she turned around and said, why didn't you talk to us in that dream? And um, like basically as if to say, why didn't you become lucid in that dream? And then I said, I struggle to, I struggle to think when I'm dreaming. Um, like basically I, I said to her, I'm struggling to be critically aware whilst I'm dreaming. But then when I woke up, I thought I actually was quite critically aware in that dream because I had realised that they couldn't call me Kevin. So even that, I feel like that proves that I am learning how to be more critically aware. Um, but what happened then was, I said, can you show me something that I can use in my everyday life? Um, and then I started popping about, and I popped I popped into a previous dream before the previous dream that they had been talking about, which I'd actually forgotten about until I popped back into it. 
um, and then what? And then I woke up, but I woke up just after seeing this windmill uh, behind this fog. I don't, I don't, I haven't worked out what that means at the minute. But what I did realise was that that dream with the windmill in the foggy, it was like in a foggy field, and I was behind a wooden fence. And I realised, as I wrote it in my dream diary, that I've been to that place before. About a month ago, I had a dream in that same location. And it made me start wondering whether the places we go to in our dreams, are they actually real places? Like, is it possible that the dream realm has, like, consistent places where you can keep going to? Um... So I'm going to try, one of the things I'm going to try to do is get back to that windmill because I'm imagining I have to try to get into it or something. Um, But the reason I wanted to share this dream is because it just shows that the dream itself is actually going to help you become lucid. Um, And I loved the way that these dream characters, the minute I became lucid, it's like they got down to business and just, instead of... Like, they could have played dumb and just... They were not regular dream characters, which is something else I've realised. And it's something that Robert Wagner talks about in his book, um, which I'll link to in the show notes. He says how some dream characters are... They're almost as if they're real characters. They're almost as if they are separate, like, entities from you. As if they're inside of your dream, trying to help you. And I feel like that was what happened last night. So I was just really excited about that. And the main thing that excited me was that it now proves that I can still lucid dream with my new sleep pattern. And I just thought I'd like to share that on the podcast because it's it's just a really, it was a really fun thing. And it just shows how creative the dream itself can be. It is, it's not just you in the dream. Um, it's also the dream itself. It's almost like you're working together. So that's that's another little lucid dream and I do believe that that is it for this week's podcast which is episode 29 and you can find show notes on the website at sophielawson.com and I'll put links and stuff in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this one. There's only one thing left to do which is this week's inspirational quote and it goes to somebody I mentioned earlier. Sean McCabe from seanwest.com which is S-E-A-N-W-E-S and it is you have to say no to a lot of good things in order to be able to say yes to a lot of great things. Sean McCabe